Hey guys, welcome to another extra episode of the Getting Hill podcast. On today's episode, I share my heart on a walk. Again, as I'm on my walk, just remember you're going to hear background noise, so apologies, but I had to share what the Holy Spirit asked me to share. So here is a walk with Angela. Hello, I'm sitting here in the car, decided to do a travel podcast. I was praying, have my phone sitting down next to me, picking up my voice. So you're going to hear a lot of car noise and I apologize for that. But whenever God puts something on my heart, I believe that it is very purposeful and I need to just speak it out. And I know someone needs to hear it and someone needs to receive it. And since I talk anyways a lot, whenever I'm driving, I usually talk to God. I usually have my kids or my husband in the car and we chat. This is just like that. Like you're riding with me on the way to my sister's. It's a 30 minute trip. And I want to just share what God has placed on my heart. And it's like we're taking this trip together. So I'm going to pray and jump right into it. Thank you, Father God, for your presence, for your glory. I see the leaves changing all around me as I'm driving down this road. And all I can think about is how beautiful and magnificent you are. Yes, the trees are beautiful, but you created these trees and you created this season. And that means you're beautiful. And I thank you, Father. You're so glorious. You're so amazing. You're so holy. I thank you for protecting me as I drive. I thank you for everyone listening, Lord God. Prepare our hearts to receive your word through the Holy Spirit so that we can grow closer to you and live to bring you glory and to lift up the name of Jesus, the name that is above every single name, the name that heals the sick, raises people from the dead, opens blind eyes, and sets the captives free. I thank you, Father God, for all your goodness and mercy that follows us all the days of our life. You are so magnificent and so wonderful, and I just praise you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So I'm sitting here praying, and I always pray before I go on any trip, whether out loud or in my heart, that angels go before me, making every crooked place straight and every rough place smooth. And I also pray that he helps and guides the hearts of every driver, including myself around me, that our hearts are set towards wisdom and are not distracted by the worries of this world, that um, our hearts are set towards life and not death um, and peace and not anxiety. I just pray over things that I know that are causes for people to be distracted and get into wrecks and not reach their destination. Whether it's um, them being on a drug or alcohol abuse or whatever, or they're just sad and they're crying in their car. There's so many situations that are happening as we're driving and we don't know what's happening in the lives of the people around us. So always make sure to pray for the people that are traveling past me. Um, You know, somebody might've just gotten word that they have cancer or somebody might have just um, been through a divorce. Somebody might have screaming children in the car. So I always pray for peace, not only for myself, but for the people that are traveling past me at 70 miles per hour down a major highway. So 
as I was praying that the Lord reminded me of some people's post and, and I've listened to, um, and watched conversations that people will have, especially during this time of a pandemic where they kind of say that it's God's will. Um, if I get sick or if I even die, it must be God's will. It's God's will. And I thought how odd that we don't trust and we don't lean on the understanding that God loves us so much that he sent his only son for us to be healed and set free. That we have more faith in the people that are driving around us, that we have no idea what's going on in their lives. More, we have more faith in them than we do in God Almighty to protect us. I have, you know, I, I think it's funny that that mindset of God doesn't mind me being sick. Now, don't get me wrong. There are moments when the Lord lifts his hand on people and allows things to happen in order to wake us up, in order to redirect our path because he sees that the seeds that we have sown and the and the cause and the effects of our actions are about to come towards us because he's eternal. He sees all, he knows all, he is all. And so he sees the what is going to come forth from the fruit of our own actions. So sometimes he does lift his sovereign hand, his protection, um, the gates. He opens them up so that we can see and taste the fruit of the effect of our own sin. Because most of us, when we get into that moment, we cry out to him. <clears throat> and he says, exactly, this is the, this is the price of, of sin. Don't follow sin. Repent. Repent from your course of uh, life. Redirect yourself and come towards me. Because in the path that you're heading is only sickness and death. I don't have sickness and death. Sin has sickness and death. I'll lift my hand and let sickness and death affect you because you're headed in the wrong direction and I need you to wake up and open your eyes so that you can repent and change course. But listen, God sent his only begotten son, his son, <clears throat> so that you can be free from the laws of sickness and death. You can be free from that. People say, well, God said that and Jesus said that who's God, Jesus said that um, if they hated me, they'll hate you. And if I've been through this, you'll go through this too. Yes. But did Jesus ever get sick? Did Jesus ever, you know, suffer from cancer or, or diseases or, you know, afflictions? No, he healed every single person who believed in him and leaned on him. What they hated is that he would not bend his knee to the law of this earth and to the to the commands of men. That's what they hated because they lived the life of I trust the man, the physical man, the Pharisees, the teachers, the sages, the scribes, the people who have taught me my whole life, the laws of the Caesar, the rulers of that time. I have trust in that to hold me, to keep me, to heal me, to provide my medicine for me, to provide my protection. And when Jesus came, he was like, no, we trust in God. 
who knows all, who has all. He is your father who provides all. He told us that if he will take care of the birds of the air, if they don't, if they don't worry about being fed, if the, if the lilies of the valley don't worry about being clothed in beauty and splendor, how much more should we not worry about where our meals come from? Because we, our father loves us. Would an earthly father give their son a snake if he asked for bread? No. How much more does your father in heaven love you? A, you trust a fallen man. Just like I said before, we trust these fallen men to do the right thing, traveling 70 miles per hour down a highway more than we trust God to keep us. The one who sent his only begotten son to shed his beautiful, precious, glorious, perfect blood to reestablish communion with us. We trust man more. And he's like, that's not what you are called to do. You are called to turn from your wicked ways, repent, and have communion, perfect communion with the Lord through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And we stand on that shed blood. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with how who I am. It has everything to do with how perfect and beautiful and precious and glorious and supernatural the blood of Jesus is. That's what it has 100% to do with. And he says, once you receive that blood, once you understand the power of the covenant that has been created between the both of us, then yes, the world will hate you because the world wants that. They don't want to die. The world doesn't want to be sick. That's why they run to doctors with every sniffle and flu and high temperature. The world doesn't want to be anxious. That's why they go to um, Xanax and medication. Don't get me wrong. Hello, asterisk mark for those of you going, but that's not a bad thing. No, it's not, but it's not, it's not the way. It is an aid a minor aid, but you have to have go into a psychiatrist's office with an understanding that only the Lord will be able to fill the hole that you have in your in your life. Only restoration through the blood of Jesus. And if your psychiatrist doesn't talk about repentance, if your psychiatrist doesn't lay hands on you and anoint you with oil and pray for you and, and take you and help you go to the elders of the church so that you can get in full discipleship so that you can get to the root of it, repent of it, ask for forgiveness or forgive those who have hurt you, then that psychiatrist is only going to keep you in the cycle of the world. And that is not godly. That is witchcraft. That is dependent on man to heal you. And that is not of God. It is not. Should you go to counsel? Yes, that is godly. Going to elders of the church to have counsel, to seek help is godly. That's why he set up the patriarchy. That's what he, why he set up coverings of anointed men and called men and appointed men and, and women of God to talk to. When you were going through postpartum postpartum depression, I raged with both of my boys, the postpartum depression. I know how it means to suffer for over a year of it. I didn't understand it with my first one. I understood it with my second one. I understood, but I went to women. I didn't have women really honestly my first, through my first son, but I had some women through my second. But I understand honestly that those women can kind of tell me, yeah, you're not alone. This is normal. It, um, and here's here are the scriptures that I stood on. But ultimately, I went to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I need you to open up my heart and heal me. Show me because he created me. 
My friends didn't create me. Doctors didn't create me. God knows every hair on my head. He knows the color of my eye and every single freckle on my face. God knows my body more than any doctor. Doctors can only presume and, and assume from what they've been told by other men. But who better to talk to and commune to than the one that we have perfect com- um, um, a covenant with? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what the Lord wants me to share with you. We have to get to the point where we do not rely and have faith in men more than we have faith in the Lord God Almighty. You're like, Angela, how? But how? It's, it's simple. It really truly is. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. All you have to do is talk to me. When Jesus was being overrun, over, overwhelmed by the, by the crowds and he had to take breaks. He had to, because his flesh would get tired. Yes, he is supernatural. Yes, he's God, but he was still man. He was all man. And he would have to go. And what did he do? Did he go? He's like, hey guys, let's go have a cookout. Let's have a church social. Let's, let's go to the temple because I need to listen to a rabbi in order to get peace. No, he did not. He said, hey guys, you go on without me. I got to spend time with my father. I have to go to God because he's the only one who knows how to handle what I'm going through. He's the only one that knows me. And Jesus's final prayer, I always go to this and I always direct people to this. John 17, the prayer for us. There's a line of prayers that he prays. The one before it is of his actual disciples, the ones that he has had communion with, that he has taught, that they go and keep going and finish the call and the commission that they have set forth. And then right after that, he prays for those that they are going to have influence over us. The following generation, all the people who are going to hear about the saving knowledge of him. And he says, Lord, Father, I pray that they understand that they can know you the way I know you. They can have fellowship with you the way you and I fellowship. Help them see that the way you and I are one, they can be one with you. How powerful and how beautiful and how precious is that? Now, do we, like I said, do we go to men? Yes. If and only if those men will direct us to the Lord. If you don't know how to open your Bible and read it, go to someone who loves to read their Bible. Don't go to someone who is a part-time Christian. It's just like going to marriage counseling for someone who is always getting divorced or has never been married a day in their life. You might respect them in other regards. Maybe they're good with money. Maybe they're, I don't know. Honestly, if, if they're never married, that's the only thing I can ever think of that you could ever, as a married person or even someone with children, would ever go to someone who's single. But maybe they love Jesus and you're not there yet. But you, yes, you go to people who have experienced God in a way that you have never experienced God. And you talk to them and say, hey, how do I handle this? What scriptures do I stand on? What, what, how do I pray this out? Or can you help me discern what is attacking me right now? Or what I need to sit at the feet of Jesus, surrender in my life? That's how you overcome. That's how you live this world. And I promise you, once you do that and that's become, that becomes your answer, 
it, the world doesn't become your answer. It is not sitting home with a glass of wine, listening to Adele while you watch Hallmark movies. It is not that. That is not the answer. All that will do will keep you on a perpetual hamster wheel of depression and anxiety. That's all that will do. Does it feel good sometimes? Sure, of course, your flesh loves that kind of stuff. But will it truly heal you? No. And we all know the answer is no. Anybody who argues otherwise is completely blind and hard-hearted to the truth of God's love. And that's sad, and I pray for you. Because to truly feel God's love is completely to be set free from all the opinions of men, all the false doctrine and twisted theology of who God is. This whole, oh, it must be God's will. Sister so-and-so went to, went to heaven. She, yeah, she battled with cancer. No, sister so-and-so must have just been tired. And God, through his grace, yes, lovingly welcomed her home. But it wasn't his will. No, his will was that she was being taught the word of God. And he knew, and know without a shadow of a doubt that no weapon formed against her shall prosper and no plague should come near her dwelling. But most people are not spiritually strong like that. And he knows that. And through his grace, yes, he will welcome you home if you can't fight anymore. Because he loves us that much. That's all that is. Please don't twist that truth. Please don't say that God gave her cancer to call her home so that she, he can have another angel. We are in no comparison to angels. When it's like he needs another angel. No, he doesn't. He doesn't need another angel. That's not how this works. There's no scripture to back that up. At all. So if I leave you with anything, and I'm literally driving into the city limits of my sister's town. If I leave you with anything, it's this. Fill yourself up with the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I have more faith in the father. When I drive down the road, I know that he's protecting me. And if I don't feel protected, it's because I've allowed the enemy to creep in and the spirit of fear is upon me because I know there's something that I haven't repented of. Whenever you don't feel the presence of God towards you, more than likely it's because something is in your life that is pushing you away from him. There's a seed that has been planted that needs to be uprooted. And the only way to find that out, some people, you just know, you know, you're just not, you're just not wanting to acknowledge it. But the only way to root that out is with communion with the Lord and praying and asking him. There's a song by Maverick City um, musicians. Um, I want to be tried by fire, purified. And everybody's like, do you know how dangerous that song is? That kind of prayer It's like, yeah, it's dangerous. Because you're asking God to reveal everything, to put you in a place that you are so full of God that you're that you can be thrown into any fire of life, and you know that He will stand by you, and He'll be with you. But you have to be willing to surrender everything in order to get to that place, and most people aren't willing to do that. And because of that, they leave little pockets and cracks in their life open be attacked by the enemy. My prayer for you today, and I'm going to pray, is that 
you allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life fully so that you can see and trust who he is in your life and have faith that the hunger of the Lord and for the Lord and his word is so strong that it drowns out every voice of the enemy, every, every voice of shame, every voice of anxiety or depression and the unknown and not knowing, you know, what the world is going to be like. All of that is silenced by the word of God, the true, passionate, full word of God, because he loves you so much and he wants you to live in a way that is fully enwrapped and engulfed in him. He does not want you to stumble through life. He wants the world to look at you and go, why is she or he so at peace? And yes, they'll be angry because misery loves company. And the world is sending out invitations to their house party. They want company. They want you to open that door and walk right on in. But God shuts that door. He is the way. We want to go to his door. And he says, if you knock on my door, I will open it. And I will protect you because he is a strong tower and the righteous run into it. The right standing people who have that right kind of thinking, they will run into his strong tower and they will be saved. And in that strong tower is the mighty right hand of God. The right hand of God is Jesus. He is seated through authority of the blood, through the cross, and the raising up for him from the dead at the right hand of God. And every time the accuser of the brethren comes to accuse us, to lie about us at the throne, the blood of Jesus is our witness. And, he's, and he says, no. Mercy says, no. I will never let them go. Amen. God is so good. God is so good. And he is here for you and he loves you and he wants you to be with him. Thank you, Father God, for those listening. I thank you, Father, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. No plague should come near their dwelling. Nothing by any means shall harm them. I thank you, Lord, as they go about their day, that their eyes and their hearts will be set on you, that no distraction will come before them, that they will not be looking to the right or to the left, but they will be looking straight ahead, fixed on you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for all the blessings that you have their way, that they will sow seeds of goodness and mercy, and it'll follow them all the days of their life. I thank you, Father, for all these things in your precious, precious son's name. Amen. Thank you guys for listening to Giving Hope. Please be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see y'all next week.